Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to episode number 68 of the Still City Insider Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside Mr. Jim Wexel, and today we get to welcome Mike Perzuda to the show. Very excited, legendary reporter of the Pittsburgh Steelers, current sports director uh, of the world-famous WDVE Morning Show. Mike, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I don't know if I can live up to legendary and world famous, but nice to be here. Awesome. We're excited. I know Jim's excited and uh, really excited to talk to you about Steelers OTAs. We're in the heart of it. And and from your reporting, Mike, I get the sense that you're optimistic about this year's Pittsburgh Steelers team. Yeah, very much so, at least at this early stage. I mean, we still have to get the pads on and find out who can hit and who can't and all those cliches that you hear every year at this time of year, but I continue to be amazed at the speed in which they have remade the roster. You know, you look back to the end of the Benny era, and now you're at the beginning of the Kenny Pickett era, and it seems like it didn't take very long. Wow. Wow. So so a, a speedy transition in the roster. We're seeing that uh, in on display in OTAs. And so let's jump right in current areas of strength that you're seeing and I know that we're limited in terms of what you can report from those practices I know Jim references that a lot but what's been standing out to you from from the players or just schematics uh and and how is that coming into play that the speed which they've transitioned this roster how are you seeing that on the field I guess I'll start with Pickett because he's obviously the biggest reason why I think they're kind of ahead of the curve but guys are talking about him as having a leadership role this year, a much better command of the offense. He's much more secure in his position. He knows he's the guy. I think we're going to see his personality come out even more. He's correcting players. They've talked about how he's not afraid to tell them, hey, your depth wasn't right on this route or do this instead of that. I just Last year was such a feeling out process for him. I think this year we get the full Kenny Pickett experience. And another guy on offense that, uh, Jim, I don't know what you're – Opinions are on this, but Isaac Sayamalu seems to have come in and started to lead immediately. Uh, everybody knows what a good player this guy is, but they talk about him already with something approaching reverence, the other linemen. And I think he's going to be great on the field. He's going to be great in the room. He's going to be great on the team plane. He's going to be great hanging out in the hotels on the road. They really got a steal, I think, with Isaac Sayamalu. I will say this about Siamalo, and, you know, you're right. All the things you're saying are right, and it's amazing that how he could come in and help guys who've been there with the offense. It's like, whoa, what was the problem, guys? Come on. But <laughs> he hasn't really been a, a bastion of good health over his career. And this is a different Steeler signing. Isn't he 30? You know, I don't know that Kevin Colbert signed many 30-year-olds in free agency. I, 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 there are probably instances I'm not thinking of, but that's my only drawback and, and cautionary note. I'm a little worried that if he does go down, this could, this could tell us why they don't sign 30-year-old free agents over the years. I just wonder if Omar's trying to, you know, too, too much, too soon – you know, I'm just tempering it a little bit, but Isaac Ciamola, I mean, you got to love this guy. You, you do. Uh, and um, I loved interviewing him and uh, the players all talk about him. He's, he's an easy story. 
And uh, he's got his boy, Herb, who he calls him, Herb, Herbig, Herbig boys. Uh, um, and it's funny, the way you talked about Pickett being the leader. I was talking to Jalen Warren today. He said Kenny's been texting the group. You know, he welcomes free agents. He welcomes draft picks. I don't know how much Ben did and didn't do of that. But for Pickett to jump into his second year and call people down to Florida for workouts, uh, welcome them to the team. Text he, uh, Jalen Warren said he's always active on group text saying, you know, uh, I should. He says I should have done this. We should have done this. You should have done this. He's a leader. It's very interesting. And I um, approached him today. I wanted to talk to him and see if he would do a one-on-one with the lowly beat reporter. He seemed amenable to it. But then I was uh, rudely escorted away by the PR staff for uh, interrupting someone else's interview with him. But uh, Kenny holds hope that uh, he's going to be a cool dude in there and uh, he's going to be willing to help out us beat reporters. So I I like all that, all that looks. Yeah, Jim, I'm sure you're used to that. Not the first time you've been rudely escorted away. You'll bounce <laughs> back. Uh, that leadership stuff you talked about in the offseason, Pat Fryermuth brought that up right at the very outset of OTAs, how he gathered everybody and was was taking charge of that process. You know, you, you can't do that when you're a rookie third-teamer. When you're the guy, you can be the guy. And, and, and I don't know how easy it is to be just starting that second year either. Uh, but he he's went and done it. I mean, he's he hasn't been shy about it. You love to see that. I get the impression that's just who he is. I, I've called yeah. him the Pied Piper of Pittsburgh because I can't think up anything more clever than that. But he's just a guy people like, and they want to hang around, and they want to follow. Veteran, rookie, if you know him well, if you don't know him well. I, I was in kind of a weird position with him because I didn't follow Pitt very closely during his career. I knew he was the Pitt quarterback. Didn't know anything about him. but. Well, he's got that it factor they talk about with quarterbacks. He has got it. He does. And there's humility there, too. You know, Cam Hayward took him right into the corner and said, I want him and him, rookie and my brother, my little brother, right by me. And, you know, we mob Cam often. And we last year we were still getting a feel for Kenny. And when we were allowed to talk to him and, you know, he was trying to get his footing, too, in terms of etiquette and, and all the interviewing that he's going to have to do. But he would sit there and listen to the Cam Hayward interviews and smile and nod at some of the questions. And it just seemed like a cool dude. I mean, humble, but enough of a leader. I mean, the, the enough leadership to run a football team. And I don't think that's an accident that they went after a guy with those traits, guys. Uh, I remember talking to Art Rooney II the night after Pickett was drafted on 970 ESPN and Art talked about how well they knew Pickett because he was in the building for five years. Uh, You know, I wasn't paying attention. Apparently they were, and they were as fired up about who he is as what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Tomlin liked to tell uh, this. uh, I, I can't remember the full story, but a leadership issue involving the two safeties at Pitt who were pretty good. And uh, how those safeties respected him so much and how uh, Kenny had the entire team. It wasn't just an offense thing. And uh, I, I know Tom was fired up. I know he one of the first days of last year's minicamp, he came up to us. And I was the only one paying attention. He said, well, Kenny's hands are looking kind of small today, huh, guys? 
<laughs> he's just he's just cocky enough to uh he knows what he has i, I think Tomlin's very happy and uh uh mike uh, on on the offensive line um last week you broke a, a story that really uh impressed me with your attention to detail and not just that but your veteranship in getting the confirmation from dan moore that he was playing a little right tackle and I asked Dan how much. He said two to three reps of practice. So I'm impressed by your eagle eye, one, Mike, because I missed it. And two, you got the confirmation without a big crowd. I think you kept it until the next morning and nobody nobody else had it. So kudos. But how do you see the line shaping up with the personnel, Mike? I, I think exactly what that suggests. One, I appreciate your kind words again, but one of the reasons he was willing to confirm it, Dan Moore, it's because I think he knows how this is going to end up. They're playing him at right tackle for a reason right now. It's just a little bit, but they need three, right? Somebody's got to be the swing tackle, right? And they didn't bring Broderick Jones in here to lead the band at halftime. So I think you see Jones on the left, Chooks on the right, and Dan Moore's your swing guy. And uh, certainly a lot of people probably thought, yeah, it might work out that way right after Jones was drafted. But I think the Steelers have confirmed yeah, they're thinking it might work out that way too. Well, let me just temper that by saying they do a lot have of to tempering get... today, man. Come on, it's a spring. <laughs> We're fired up. Start planning the parade. Start planning your next book. This is the time to get over the top excited. <laughs> I, I I will say that Friday night I was out with Mike. He was in downtown Irwin and he was recognized. Don't let him say he's not world famous. He is at least Irwin famous. <laughs> Close, close enough. Anyway, let me just temper that by saying they do need a backup right tackle, and it's not the Anderson kid. I don't know what other choices they have, but they do have to get somebody over there to get a few snaps every now and then. Did the general sign anywhere else? What's that? Did the general sign anywhere else? Can they <laughs> can they call the bullpen for the general? That was Jeremy's favorite nickname. Uh, I, I was going to bring that up. I just saw he got released by the Brownies. So I, oh, there you go. <laughs> released in the spring. Wow. That's shocking, isn't it? Hey, I'd kick the tires on that guy. <laughs> Let's see what he still has left. So we hit on we hit on Pickett. He's, he's grown into the position. He's got all the intangibles. He's comfortable. We're going to see how that shakes out year two. The offensive line has been revamped. Still looking for some – Answers for your your fourth tackle there. How about the rest of the offense when we talk about the wide receivers, the tight ends, and Calvin Austin, <laughs> player that we were really excited to see last year, got injured, missed the, uh, his entire rookie season. Is he standing out in OTAs? Jim, are we allowed to say he looks great uh, without giving okay. any specifics? Wink or nod. I, I have not interviewed him to ask him about anything uh, since, I think, day one. They threw deep to him. We all mobbed him. It was an incompletion. I asked him about the play. He said, yes, they're throwing deep to me. Yes, I, I'm expecting this to go on all year. And I did not run all out for it. I don't know how much he's working. I I, I think that answers your question right there. Uh, and I, I'm guessing Michael say the same thing. But I will say, he gets interviewed I mean, you see these guys latch on to him and they get him for a half hour. It's one-on-ones. I mean, there's no mob action because really I don't see anything going on with him yet. I don't know that he's 100% healthy yet. 
But man, there's going to be there's going to be a big story somewhere tomorrow after the 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 book report I saw somebody doing with him. Jim, I haven't talked to him since that first kind of group effort early on in the process, but he said something then that really stuck with me. Two things actually. Number one, he said he was really paying attention the last year. He was hurt, but he wasn't disengaged, and he feels like he's not a rookie, even though he's never played. And number two, he was to use your word of the day tempering his enthusiasm because he said he had a lot of plans last year to contribute and do this and do that. And then the injury intervened and he got to do none of it. So I think he's approaching this with perspective, but also with some expectation. Yeah. His, his availability. Uh, Definitely. something. Just to, just to throw in there, why I may be tempering things, Mike, I just looked at the tote board. It had the Steelers win totals now up to nine, which it was eight and a half which I had been excited about last week. I was telling Mike about my excitement, and uh, now I, I see I was equally excited. What? I was equally excited when you told me that. <laughs> yeah. well, I I'm, a I'm a little more excited now to hear that it's going up because I feel like I got, got a little deal here. Oh, good. Well, oh, good. Well, that's what I was worried about. That's why I was tempering my – now I don't have to temper anymore. Very good. Very good. I'm glad you uh, bounced. For lack of a better word, <laughs> buy low, sell high is what they tell you, right? <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right, let's shift <laughs> up to the defensive side of the ball. Jim, you you wrote a column the other day on the Still City Insider talking about the avatar cornerbacks, and and mm-hmm. Mike and, and and Jim would love to hear you both talk about Porter Junior. and Trice. Um, you know what they've been showing on the field. Seems like Trice has been active, made some plays on the ball. Uh, this cornerback room is looking a bit promising. Yeah, and they, they're very uh, kind with their interview time, too. I'm very excited about that. If they get to uh, Legion of Boom, that, that's why I think the comparison is going to the Brandon Browner era of the Seattle Seahawks and, and Richard Sherman, the, the, the 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", guys. They're, even if, I don't know if Corey Trice is going to make it, he he makes plays. I, I'm not expert enough to be able to gauge his cornerback skills in shorts. But those guys are big targets to overthrow, both he and Porter. So, I mean, we knew that. I'm not telling you anything new. But that size is daunting when you watch it. I mean, especially Trice. He's big, man. I bounced that avatar thing off of Trice today, and he said he had no idea what it meant. He didn't watch the movies. He, if that's they want to call him, whatever. But uh, I can tell you a little nugget here, uh, since I got some players to talk about it afterward. The last snap of seven shots today was a fade from Kenny Pickett to Allen Robinson, and Joey Porter Jr. intervened and knocked it away. Uh, Joey thought he should have intercepted the ball, but he was pretty happy he made the play. And Alan Robinson said, well, I thought I got held a little bit, but good for him. That's excellent, Mike. Thanks. Um, you know, uh, that's what I asked Joey about. I said, Joey, you haven't given up a touchdown since he goes, since the first minute I was there, my freshman year. I, I said, yeah, okay, so you gave up one touchdown your entire career. Was it because of your ability with your length in the red zone? He said, absolutely. So there you go. I mean, you saw it happen in in real time. They're going to be tough to throw over on those fade patterns. And that brings me to the other 
revelation's too strong of a word, but we were talking about the offensive line a little while ago and how it was easy after they drafted Broderick Jones to put one and one together and come up with two in terms of Jones left, Chooks right, more swing. Well, the secondary is interesting too. And Patrick Peterson last week talked about how they had moved him inside. He was starting to play slot. And then he gave a big speech about how slot is easier to play because you have help from a linebacker and you have help from a safety. And basically all you got to do is play your leverage. And boy, at his stage of his career, he would be really good at that. Come on, Mike Tomlin, play me there. I think the way the secondary shapes up is as soon as they trust Porter to be an outside guy, Patrick Peterson's an inside guy. And that might be week one. You could see Porter, Levi Wallace, and then Peterson, and maybe a combination of one or two other guys playing those inside positions. I do think that they like the um, number 34, Sullivan. Chandran Sullivan. Yeah, I, I think they like his physicality and in more potential physical uh, situations, I don't know if they want Peterson killing himself early in the year. I don't think they want him trying to tackle people at any point. In the middle of the field. Yeah, I, mean, I that's would what, not. I'll just speak for myself. If they put him in positions where he can read it, <laughs> dissect the offense, okay, they're in this formation and this personnel group, that means they're going to do this and then go get the ball, I think that's stuff he can still do really well. I don't think he's a guy you line up against Jamar Chase and say, okay, you got him today. Well, uh, yeah, uh, just make sure there's safety help. But I, I, I'm not I'm not afraid of Patrick Peterson covering Jamar Chase. I don't know, but I, I'm, I would be more afraid with uh, Porter Jr. I know he's going to know he's going to press him off the line, but. If Chase gets past him, he's going to make it past him for five, 10 yards. I didn't want to have time for that, Jim. The pass rush is going to be so outstanding. <laughs> it's going to be Chuck and Duck all year with the dancing bear coming up the middle and the two <laughs> outside guys crashing and Cam Hayward. Forget about it. Well, what? And I'll, I'll take Jeremy, uh, uh, Jeremy's position here. What, what are they going to do at inside linebacker? And so I was just how, gonna... how many pairs, new pairs have we seen? And will this pair be any different? Keep drafting them, signing them, finding them till you get it right. I'm very high on Cole Holcomb. I've talked to some people around the league that I trust, and they really like Cole Holcomb. I can't sit here and tell you I watched a lot of commander snaps last year or the last four years, but people who I think know what they're talking about tell me this guy reminds them of an old-school Steelers free agent, that guy getting his second contract and his career is ready to ascend. I think he's going to be a three-down player. I think he's going to be a guy who can cover as well as stuff the run. And then the other one, you figure out. Landon Roberts is probably fine as a first and second down guy. But I think that position is finally going to be fixed. Then again, I thought Joe Schobert was going to be really good. And that didn't work <laughs> out so well. Who did I? <laughs> yeah. I thought Miles Jack was going to be good. So I, what do I know? Right. How does uh, Mark Robinson fit into that uh, picture uh, coming into year number two? No, he was a seventh round guy last year, but did show some physicality. Uh, and I, I know it's very difficult to to glean anything from the inside linebacker room and football and shorts, especially OTAs. But any any sign signals there? Uh, I don't know. I think Robinson is worth continuing to develop as a project, but I think he's still that. I wouldn't count special teams. 
I wouldn't count on a lot of defensive snaps from him unless they get a lot of injuries or something of that nature. I think Cole Holcomb's going to be really good. I, I want to emphasize that. I, I <laughs> thought Holcomb was the crown jewel of the offseason acquisitions until they got Sam Olive. Yeah. I, I like talking to Holcomb. He's very serious-minded. He, he, he was meeting with Minka and Patrick. Patrick Peterson and they were talking about coverage and his role in it and how important it is to him. He talked about dealing with the back seven is a bigger responsibility for an inside linebacker than most people realize. So I like that conversation. He's a serious dude. And um, I hope you're right about the physical part of it, Mike, because it's about time. I mean, this people say they call inside linebacker a fungible position at the same as running back because they're so easy to find. Nah, I don't I don't <laughs> see that at all. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, <laughs> the really good ones are few and far between, as the Steelers' recent history has reminded us. Well, the Steelers' recent history, but look around. I mean, there's a lot of fourth and fifth round picks playing for other teams. The Steelers signed them for their second contract. <laughs> a lot of guys getting picked on, too. Right, right. Where did Rob Spillane end up? The Raiders? Yeah. Who? Rob Spillane? Vegas. Well, I bet I bet whoever he's covering uh, on September 24th or whatever it is, play that guy on your fantasy team that week. He's going to go for about eight catches, 110 <laughs> yards, and a touchdown. Um, what is the over-under on the Raiders this year? Not low enough. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic. We've, we've covered a lot of ground here well, from Kenny, Kenny Pickett to, to the defense inside backer. Good, Jim. I was just going to say about Robinson's going to, it's, there's not going to be a, a go to moment until he gets his opportunity and then he'll have to seize it. You know, it's same as James Harrison. And that's, that's who he looks like walking around, sauntering around. And then kind of does. That's a yeah. decent analogy. I like, yeah. yeah. Tough and to compare so, anybody to him, but. Maybe they can I, I know. four times and then I'll feel better about it. <laughs> so, I mean, when he got his opportunity and it was a lucky opportunity because Alonzo Jackson wasn't good enough to play special teams. So when they had to cut Joey from when he got suspended in that game for fighting in pregame, Harrison was the only one active. So he got his chance really through luck being a special teamer. And then he then he showed what he had. Robinson's going to need that. Peasy made that happen. That was a calculated pregame fight to give James Harrison the shot he needed. That, that That's when he was throwing the haymakers on William Green, right? That was the Browns? Yeah. Uh, good Porter, Porter didn't see that through very well, Mike. Uh, I think, was that 2004 or 2005? Well, eventually, Peasy was gone in 2007. I think it was 2004, but I'm not yeah. quite sure. I do know that Peasy continued to exhibit those kind of instincts in the playoffs in Cincinnati after his career was over when he helped win a playoff game as an assistant coach on the field. So I fully expect the same out of Joey Porter Jr. in 2042. I don't know. He's he's too nice. He's not his dad. <laughs> well, Jim, real fast before I, I wrap this up, you, you read – look at this, this – charisma and connection that we have you read my mind i was going to talk about middle linebackers and you jumped you cut me off you predicted it 
Well, I mean, you're always asking me about middle linebackers. I knew it was your next question for Mike. <laughs> I love <laughs> and it. it. Actually, it's finally become a question mark for me because I've been big on Holcomb too. And but you know, you just have to wonder when I, I was big on all the other guys, like Mike said, Joe Schilbert, all those guys. So I, you you start to question yourself. Ah, we got hidden vigors. We got to be right one of these times. That's good. I like that. Real Bob Prince. Well, we covered a ton of information here today on Steelers OTAs. Mike, we want to thank you for joining the show. Where can listeners check out your work on Twitter? You have a website, anything you want to talk about you're working on? Yeah, I'm throwing all kind of crap at the wall, just like everybody else. TV morning show, Mondays through Fridays, uh, Steelers.com, printed word and spoken word on videos. I write a weekly column online for Pittsburgh Magazine. I have a webpage on the dve.com mike pursuit's sports page and then when five gentlemen such as yourselves give me a chance to run my mouth i'm happy to do that too so, so i'm easy to find awesome well we'll make sure we put that stuff in the, the show notes here for for the cast uh but that's going to do it for episode number 68 of the still city insider podcast you can check out jim's work oh good jim he's got a temper one more I, thing hang on I, I, I got something to sell too here our, our company business jeremy which mike used to be a part of mike used to be a feature columnist here at steel city insider but and we're having a, a big special uh 60 off annual uh subscriptions until june 15th and 50 from june 15th to june 30th 50 off monthly members who want to upgrade to annual Boy, if that doesn't sound like the perfect Father's Day gift, I don't, I don't know that it exists. Very good, Mike. Very good. <laughs> You're a real professional in this business, aren't you? Yeah. That's and excellent. By the way, Thank you. Did you know Wendy says breakfast now? <laughs> well, that reminds me of, of driving in this morning, and I know Mike was doing the breakfast at Wendy's, um, and I, I'm sure you you uh, find those breakfasts delicious, Mike. I do. But, but this morning, you know, coming into work now, because we have to, the, the OTA start at 10 a.m. So I leave Irwin at 9.15 and I turn the DV morning show on. And today, Billy Gardell was on hosting because Randy Bauman was still in line out at Star Lake in traffic. But uh, Billy Gardell, Billy Gardell and Mike Pursuta at 9.30 a.m. Because I, I think, Mike, 9.30 is your best time because you're hard. I'm finally awake. Your hard work is over. You're finally <laughs> awake, and you want to get your fun stuff out. Well, and you do with Gardell, but again, yeah, and Gardell, and you guys have me cracking up. I wish I could think of something specific, but yeah, of course, listen to Mike and the DV Morning Show. Awesome, fantastic. Well, again, great work. Check out Jim's work, the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. We will see you next week or maybe the week after for episode 69 of the still city insider podcast. Thanks everybody.